0: Hello and welcome to the Book of Leaves podcast. My name is Cara Kearney and I am your host. welcome to Book of Leaves. This is a podcast where I interview people in Ireland that are doing something good for the planet. They could have a sustainable business, be an activist or work for an NGO or just an average Joe doing their bit at home, be that zero waste or cloth nappies, whatever it is. And we take a leaf from their book to add to our own way of living and we get to know them, have some chats and laughs along the way. My name is Cara. I am an actor by trade. I am a jack of all trades, master of none. I am just really passionate about the environment. And this is a really fun hobby of mine that I care deeply about. So be this your first episode or your, or your not first episode, thank you for joining me. You are very welcome here. And of course, I'm going to be chatting to Gary Tyrrell from the Climate Ambassador Programme. If you are a regular listener, you might have heard me talk about this programme before because I actually was accepted onto it this year. So I was chatting about it a little bit. And you basically get trained up in some basic kind of climate science and then you get communication workshops, you're given like a slideshow pack that you can then make your own communications and you're basically given a toolkit to go out and organise local actions in your community, be that beach cleanups or um, you know, hustings where you talk to your TDs and whatnot. It's really, really, really lovely and I wanted to chat to Gary because they actually have their applications open until the 25th of this month and we'll talk more about the programme of course. But before we get into the interview, I also want to let you guys in on a Little secret because this Friday the blah, 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 I couldn't tell you what day it is. I don't know this. Eighth. Ninth. Uh, eighth. 8, yes. The eighth of September 2021. There is a new podcast on the block called The Climate Alarm Clock. And you might have heard me talk about the COVID alarm clock before. It's this podcast that I absolutely love. It's only seven episodes long. And they're making a new podcast on which there may or may not be. A book of leaves feature among so many other really cool things from climate news to business features. So I would keep your eyes and ears out for that and give them a follow on social media. Of course, I'm on social media as well, and yeah, I've been resharing the climate alarm clock there. So, absolutely check that out and there's actually a launch party this Wednesday of which uh, you can find on Eventbrite. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. So, that's another cool thing to be excited about. And this episode, we have linked anything mentioned um is in the show notes and all of the talks and workshops that Gary and Grania, who run the Climate Ambassador Programme, organized, they're all on their YouTube. So make sure to check out their YouTube because you won't miss anything then and you might upskill and learn some things and and, uh, see some people that you're like, oh, I actually have an idea for an action or some kind of community project and you want to reach out to them. So yeah, absolutely check out their YouTube page. And if you're interested in being a climate ambassador, it doesn't matter how much time you have. I didn't have a lot of time this year. So unfortunately, I didn't get to organize as many actions as I would like. But once it Climate Ambassador always in Climate Ambassador so now I have I've made connections and I have the toolkit and I can still always go back to workshops and whatnot so yeah I'd recommend checking them out even if you're listening to this in the future it's a lovely uh, a lovely space to be a part of so yeah that's it I will let Gary do the rest of the talking I really enjoyed uh, this chat with him and if you would like to support this podcast, please, if you're listening on Apple Podcast, please just give it a nail review. Leave a few stars there. That will be amazing. And if you're in a position to financially support um, my time or podcast equipment and the hosting fees, I do have a Patreon account, patreon.com forward slash book of leaves, or you can support once off through ACAST or through buymeacoffee.com forward slash book of leaves. Thank you so much to all the people who have supported and the recent supporters. I really really appreciate it it means a lot to a jobbing jobless actor (laughs) so thank you so much and yeah here's Gary and I'll catch you after Gary thank you so much for joining me for the book of Lees podcast it is lovely to have you here and can you please introduce yourself to listeners who may not know who you are
1: Hey, Kara, how you doing? Um, Delighted to be here. Thanks for having me. So, yeah, my name's Gary Tyrrell. Uh, I'm a Climate Action Officer within Tashka's Environmental Education Unit. So I work on the Climate Ambassador Programme and, yeah, just just feel so very blessed to have a job that I love. And I, you know, I look forward to getting stuck into every day and um, just really keeps me going. Keeps me out of trouble a little bit, so maybe. But um, yeah, that's that's a climate ambassador program is kind of where all my energies go, really, in an ornamental way, I suppose.
0: Very good. And what was your kind of path towards that? Was there a certain point in your life where you were like, oh, climate crisis is the thing, I need to work on this? Or uh, were you always kind of aware of it growing up?
1: I, I wasn't always aware of it, but I was certainly, I think, always connected to the outdoors and... For me, it's it's probably a lot being like the kind of adventure end of things. Like as a as a little tiny weeny boy scout, uh-huh. I was I, I loved going camping. You know, with my fellow boy scouts and all the rest of it. And I kind of I never lost that love. So I've always, I've always had that connection. I live in South Dublin, so very close to the Dublin Mountains. So like since seriously since I'm about twelve, I started hiking up there with a few buddies, and we'd stop off and cook a few sausages or something like that and you know it's a hiking and cycling up around the mountains but then i suppose the climate thing came into focus a bit when i was in college i was i was doing process engineering i worked for an american multinational looking at like efficiencies and all that kind of stuff and i guess that I wouldn't. Eat.
0: that's like a whole different planet i wouldn't even know what is involved <laughs> with that
1: job <laughs> So it's, it's just about like how to how to do things the best way, how to make things in the best way, the most efficient, and all that kind of okay. jazz. You know, all that kind Useful. of
0: stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, I try and I try and use it in my kitchen a little bit sometimes and things like that. You know, but um, yeah, uh, but really, actually, in two thousand and six, I think that was the biggest game changer for me. Uh, that's when uh, Al Gore's Inconvenient Truth came out, and uh, I remember watching the ads for it. And I was going, holy, what's all this about? And that, that big graph, the exponential graph that he got onto a cherry picker for. I remember seeing that ad uh, in two thousand six and was going, "What's this all about?" And uh, and I watched it, and I bought a DVD and everything. DVD, geez, remember them? And um, <laughs> but since then, like that, that was that really opened my eyes. And like I kind of finished my degree, but then I went back and did another degree in environmental engineering. I I knew that's what I wanted to to focus my career on. So I had images of like being walking on wind farms or something, or or maybe forestry as well. Like you know, being a tree hugger, about being someone who loves the mountains. I was gone, wouldn't that be cool to be buzzing up around the forest and stuff like that? But uh, so that was that was great doing my degree, and then uh, I took redundancy. I went back full time to do a masters in twenty fourteen, and around that same time, I got I got fairly active in activism. And that, again, was another big game changer. And actually, it was almost in full circle, in a way. And um, that same year, I went on a road trip with my youngest sister to America. And it was amazing. Like, we went to Memphis and Nashville and New Orleans and places like this, you know, and getting trains and all, I have to say, as well, you know, and buses and whatnot. But uh, my sis went home, and I went down to Florida and did Al Gore's Climate Reality Leadership Training, and that was mm. amazing. I got to meet him, and it was just like you know the full circle. The, the circle is complete, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, but that was that was so inspiring, and I really learned a lot from that in regards to communications and all that kind of stuff. So that was all, that's that's kind of a lot of where I've been coming from. I suppose a, a big standout of memory of the activism stuff in particular was going over to COP21 in Paris. I was part of the Cherbourg 35, was it? We got this coach over and it was an amazing experience. I made some great friends that I still am connected to. And it just felt really important to be there as part of it, you know, to be out marching on the streets. And like I'm going again now this year, I'm going to cycle with a friend, Richard Corton from you're
0: cycling over to glasgow
1: yeah now we're gonna to have to ah, get a ferry please. for the water part of
0: course uh, yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah that's gonna be exciting really looking forward to that and again just to be there to be part of it and 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 really like you know i i, I get so much value from just chatting to people and hearing people's stories from all, or all over the world and and yet at the same time we're all so similar and also connected you know that way and it's, it's just really motivating and inspiring and um and just learning lessons from all these different stories as well, I think it's really valuable. Yeah, so I guess that's, that's kind of where I've been coming from, you know.
0: And was the Climate Ambassador Programme your brainchild or how did that come about?
1: So Cathy and Jane, Cathy Baxter and Jane Hackett, they're two managers in Antarctica's Environmental Education Unit. They're, they're both my manager and it was their brainchild. So they came up with a scheme. I was already working for Antarska uh, doing Neat Streets, which is a, a kind of an anti-litter uh, program for secondary students.
0: Okay.
1: And uh, yeah. then they, they put out the call for applicants. And I was going, oh, this is the dream job now. This is what I've been doing. I was already, as a client reality leader, going out giving talks voluntarily to schools yeah. and whatnot, you know. And um, so, yeah, so I was lucky enough to get the job. So, yeah, it's 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 come a long way since we started it in 2017. And then our first climate ambassadors joined us in 2018, and yeah, it's just been amazing.
0: So, in that short amount of time, there's been so many people like in the program already. So, for people, I guess, who are listening who haven't heard of this before, can you explain what the climate ambassador program is, what it does?
1: Yeah, sure. It's there's all, there's so much stuff that goes on, but it's it's really I suppose at the end, like education, I suppose will be a big part of it. Um, but that's not necessarily myself and Granya always up like at the top of the classroom or whatever, you know. Um, yeah, it's 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 all in that space, and it's it's recognizing the experiences and the expertise of the climate ambassadors because there's like always loads of climate ambassadors who who join us each year who come from all sorts of walks of life be it engineering or say food or trees or fashion or you name it you know all these different threads you know the way uh, most people usually have one area they kind of start with yeah and that they get... they're
0: really interested in yeah, yeah yeah yeah
1: so like you know so we really kind of encourage that and you know hold that space and give opportunities for all those guys to talk you know and to and to learn from each other at the start of the year we myself and Grania and and catching jane as well like we we give training Normally, back in the real world, kind of physical world, we would go around, you know, around Dublin and Cork and Galway and stuff and and host full one-day training events at the start. Last year and this year, we've had to go, well, this year, we've had to go more on a virtual end of things. We, we do these things called network gatherings, which are like myself or Grania giving talks or other client ambassadors giving talks or external guest speakers coming in and giving talks or or workshops. Or again, back in the physical world, sometimes that would be field trips too. And um, same, you have Climate Action Week, which is coming up from the 11th to the 17th of October. We've been running that every year and that's uh that's gonna be a whole lot of fun. So watch out for that on our social media channels. And then at the end of the year we have the Client Ambassador Awards. I, I, I suppose that's a that, that is an, an, an opportunity to recognise and celebrate all the work that's been going on this year, that year. And just again, another opportunity to bring everybody together. Like that's that's really I think the best thing of the client ambassador program for me is to is to allow and facilitate like-minded people to get to know each other. There's been great friendships made, not just for myself with climate resists, but I know climate resists have become mates through the program as well, which is absolutely mm-hmm. lovely. I love that, and um, that's for you. Yeah,
0: and you get to meet so many people that just care about the same thing that you do, or if you want, we talked a lot about education and you know, impact, kind of you get trained up and you feel empowered to then put these talks together and you're given like loads of slides so that you can make your own presentation and bring it to your school or your workplace or like places you've never been before, which is so lovely. But then there's also like a toolkit for like doing your own actions, like um, encouraging you to do litter, litter pickups, beach cleanups, or you know, f- forest bathing. There's all there's all sorts of like actions involved. But like when you meet you meet people doing that, and then there's like communication platform where if you have an idea for an action or a community project, you can reach out and be like, hey, does anyone? know anything about biodiversity and what wildflower seeds to use if I want to build a wildflower garden and you'll have like people with this knowledge so there's like so many people like who are experts and have like such valuable knowledge in such various areas that I wish they they were all in government. (laughs) Like, why can't they run the country? Um, They're just like, you know, quote unquote, everyday people like doing their jobs or whatever, but they have like such wonderful knowledge and do great action when it comes to, you know, tackling climate change or helping biodiversity and whatnot. So, yeah, I just wanted to highlight like on top of what you were saying, like just how it's really empowering. Like, it is, and I know we didn't get to meet in person that much this year, but, the benefit of that is like there was so many talks and stuff that were held and really um interactive interactive kind of workshops and stuff that had people from all over the country where we wouldn't we wouldn't meet in person yeah. normally like so and climate action week last week last year was when i first heard of you guys and got involved and yeah so i'm looking forward to that so even if you're listening in the future put that week or have a, make sure you follow climate ambassador program so that you know that week because there's so many different things i got involved in a comedy climate workshop with uh, diane just yeah. so much fun <laughs> <laughs> so yeah there's something kind of for everyone and and yeah you get as much out of it as you put in i think you know you might not have the time to do like loads of talks but you don't have to do, like you're exactly, yeah yeah it's it's it is really really good so hopefully the red carpet will be rolled out for the awards oh, listen, this year
1: oh yeah no <laughs> yeah oh, no holds fired but i thought another thing i was thinking of as well there cara is that almost like without sounding cynical like the kind of branding kind of stuff like if if you can imagine if you were trying to go to your local school and no one in that school knows who you are They might go, well, who are you? You know, but if you can go in there and say, hey, look, I'm a client ambassador and I'd like to go in and give a talk to the school about climate change and stuff then they go oh okay so yeah. it, it, can, it can actually I found it can help open doors for people too which is another kind of nice uh, side benefit of the whole thing you know
0: definitely you get a pin you have your little climate ambassador pin and there's the logo you can put at the start of all your presentations yeah that's actually a really good point because you have a bit more credibility yeah. <laughs> as opposed to I read 10 million books and listened to all the podcasts about this topic but yes I actually have training in doing the communication as well that is um that's really cool and have you got any examples of actions or talks that have been like completed through it have you got any like random stories or things that you can think yeah, of? yeah like
1: it's just it's so lovely like it's around this time of the year actually it's going kind to of start and that um the client vessels will start feeding back in what they've been up to throughout the year and it's just incredible the numbers and the stories that we hear. You know, just last year alone, like you say, we were able to do more events myself and Grania because it was online. So, like we we organised ourselves forty two events, and they're all up on YouTube as well, by the way. So it was a great. We built up a great library of stuff between last year and this year through that. But the Client Ambassador that they organised three hundred ninety seven uh, climate actions and five hundred eighty five communications. Now that's that's them using it
0: in what time periods
1: in a year like that's just one year one year yeah yeah yeah. so and and that's again going back to the diversity of everything like they're doing anything and everything almost because it's almost like you know i've seen stuff recently which is brilliant from project drawdown and they're talking about like in some ways there's almost no such thing as a as a climate job every job is a climate job you know because every job is impacted by climate change and it's the same with our lives. Our lives, our hobbies, our interests, everything is impacted or will be impacted or can be impacted by climate change. And that's what you see in the results of what they what the client of us has got up to. So they you know they like we really encourage people to use their strengths and their passions and all that as well. you know, so set up a podcast, say, or or you know, um give talks, you know, presentations or get on the radio. There's a few Irish speakers. So they've been on like you know, RTE, um and Gail talked and all this oh, kind of stuff. Cool. You know. But other yeah. and and then as well, like because like we wouldn't be uh, you know exclusive or anything like that. It's not like you can't be an in an any other club if you're with us or anything like that. So yeah many client ambassadors involved in and in all sorts of other groups. But then like we are apolitical but they, at the same time, particularly in years of election, like we do workshops on talking to your politicians, for example, and you know we encourage all kind of us we encourage everybody actually to talk to politicians. So if anyone's out there, if they've never done it before, we're in a relatively easier country to do it in, I would say. In Ireland, you know, we're they're a lot more approachable and um, politicians in Ireland. So and they would they want to listen, you know, so they want to hear. Um I think most of them are trying to do the right thing in in their own way. So, you know, that's that's a really lovely communication to do if you can to talk to them. And um, just give them your perspectives and you know, and then like that when elections come around, have the stuff ready when they come knocking on your door as well, you know. So so things like that. But but we look at other events like culture night, we have climate action Week coming up, Earth Hour, Earth Day junk culture you know it's it's really i don't know if you know about that one the secondary schools.
0: yeah that's when they make they find like rubbish junk and they make like the most amazing yeah. gowns and dresses yeah. and costumes out of them yeah, and yeah, i yeah. just i've like it's on i would love to model in one of those pieces i just want to wear like a load of crisp packets and go look at my dress everyone <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, exactly oh, yeah, yeah. so if anyone out there needs a model like i'll do here i'll stand there for 10 hours i want to be dressed <laughs> rubbish. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. they're so so cool. Yeah, so there's like clouds there for me. Clouds, yeah,
1: and, and like like so like some of the secondary guys are like amazing. They are like a million times more together than I was when I was a secondary student, you know. And mm-hmm. and maybe they probably feel they have to because what what's potentially coming down the road, you know, so Fridays for Future and Scan and groups like this. But then there's the other side of things, you know, like doing clothes swaps and having meatless Mondays and, and, you know, um, hassling the school principal to get a new bike shelter and, like, tree plantings is a huge one, you know. So just a, a huge wide variety of stuff that they get up to. And it's just so lovely to, to share. So the awards night, we, we share as much of that as we can with everyone as well who comes along. So it's it's just, it's so inspirational, you know. You just... It's, it's, it's emotional as well, but in a good way, you know. So there might be a few yeah. tears of joy at it, you know. About...
0: <laughs> oh, that's so lovely. And so every year you kind of, you put put a call out for applications of people to be Climate Ambassador. And then come January, February, I think, you kind of get the ball rolling and you start training people. So now you have applications open yep. until the 25th of October, 2021, for anyone listening in the future. Um, how... So there is like a form people fill in or what is yeah. involved and have you any tips for people?
1: Yeah, it's it's like, I'd say 10, 20 minutes it'll take you to fill it out. So just set aside that little bit of time, get the kettle on and sit down and, and go through the form. I, just from my experience doing the program this many years now, like I, I think, you know, I think many people... are are a bit worried about you know what can they do where do they fit into the whole climate action thing and all the rest of it and you know these kind of feelings of guilt or shame and stuff or um, am i doing enough am i good enough you know all these types of emotions and and these are workshops that we look at throughout the year as well like around kind of eco anxiety and well-being and stuff like that so you know basically the message is please don't feel that way no one especially in the West, is living a perfect life, you know. So we don't expect applications to be perfect or or don't feel that you're not good enough or you don't know enough or anything like that to to apply. We want to hear from everybody. And, you know, all we ask is for people to be interested and enthusiastic. If you want to join us, well, then we want to hear from you, you know, basically. If you would like to try and perfectly, you know, to play a part, then we want to hear from you, you know. So, yeah, climateambassador.ie, set aside a little bit of time and just just go through it and, and just be honest. And, you know, as I say, we're not looking for professors of climatology. We're looking for... Like normal people in inverted commas, you know, and you just want to, you just want everybody, and you know, because it's going to take us all, and and people from all walks of life, which is what we have already, which is brilliant. So, you know, if you can imagine me going down to Tipperary to a group of farmers to start telling them what to do in regards to climate action, you know, that mightn't work as well as if you have someone who's from that local community or from any local community, you know. So that's that's what we try and do is encourage the client ambassador then to go out into their local communities because they know the communities and they know their area the best. So they can, you know, but we, we help facilitate conversations and give training and all that. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we, we encourage them, the client ambassadors to connect with their, with their local people and together uh, move forward in one way or another in regards to climate action
0: yeah that is really important like it has to be an intersectional approach of people from everywhere and if you have time to give to the cause absolutely but yeah some people don't have that for various reasons you know it's it's not something like they, they can do but if you can or even if you're interested yeah I definitely recommend and the questions that are in the, the kind of application survey are, you know like why do you want to be involved or what um what kind of climate work or experience have you got if any and they're very simple kind of questions but yeah nice bit of reflection so yeah pour yourself a cup of tea and I'll link all of that um here so that's amazing and yeah I haven't been I got so busy planning like protests with the Extinction Rebellion and then doing this podcast and then like just trying to work other person jobs that I didn't get to do anywhere near as much as I wanted but I really love how when I was attending the odd talk here and there the odd workshop um, that there would be faces of climate ambassadors from previous years so I feel like once you're a climate ambassador you're kind of you're always a climate ambassador and you can kind of come back and and join in things so that's that's really cool but I you were we've mentioned meat-free Mondays and I know from talking to you before that you are also a vegan so a lot of environmentalists that I know would be eating plant-based um but as a fellow vegan I do get curious as to what triggered people so was it because of the environment or did you have and uh, did you do it step by step or what was your journey to veganism like
1: like it, it just going back to florida and um, doing the algor uh training um in 2015 and um, that summer so the three it was three full days or fairly intense days of training and um, but they they supplied all the lunch and the breaks and stuff all the food was catered but it was all vegan you know and I was going, kind of going, okay, right, this is great, and oh my god, it, it was all absolutely gorgeous, like every single thing, and it was all different stuff each day. I was going, oh, okay, right, this doesn't sound quite as scary as I might have beforehand, you know. So there and then, I, I over that weekend, I stopped eating red meat, and um, so that was, I guess, my first step. Well, that for that for that for those three days, I was living completely vegan actually. But I decided from here on out, I am going to try and not eat red meat because I hadn't actually realised. I, I kind of, well, I did not, that I hadn't realized, I didn't know, but I, maybe I didn't realize that I could actually do it. I, I probably thought, well, I'm going to take X, Y, and Z kind of actions, but the food one, I don't know if I'm, if I can do that. But from there, I said, actually, I can. So gave up Redmi. So that was in the summer. So that, I was thinking then for another, another year and a half, I was thinking, God, you know, I was giving talks and it's going, well, look, an action you can do is, to reduce your red meat, meat intake we don't want have to become vegan and all you know all these types of things but then I went actually you know what I'm going to give Veganuary a try this year and that was five five and a half years ago geez nearly six years, years ago now I tried it I tried Veganuary and lo and behold I didn't die and, uh, <laughs> and it was a little bit scary as far as but uh, yeah I, I I I didn't really publicize it much I kind of kept it to myself um, yeah. But I, I realised, going actually, this this can really work. And but you know, one one thing I've, I've I realised as well was some family and friends, particularly family, close family, particularly my mother. gee, typical Irish mammy, like she like. And I've been living out at home now over twenty years. You know, like I'm a I'm a I'm a fully grown uh, man now at this stage and all the rest of it. But my mom's going, oh Jesus, are you going to be all right? Like, and I don't think she still doesn't fully actually know what a vegan is when I'm up there. She's going now. Can you have cheese? Yeah. <laughs> you know and yeah. stuff like that but uh you know it's it, I, I did realize though that was important to to kind of put them at ease and just to although none of my friends would have said it, i think they, they might some of them might have been a little bit kind of going well, here what's the story here and can we is he will Gareth still come to like a barbecue or whatever and i just really not making a big deal of it going oh, i was going look guys this is just something that i'm doing here myself but Oh, don't worry, I'm not going to try and persuade you all to become vegan. I'm, st- I'm still the same. Like I'm not going to change at all. I just other than my my dietary uh, choices, really, you know. And um, I, but it's been lovely to see it kind of being reflected back to me now with like family and friends so if i have family and friends up i only cook vegan food they they've gone oh my god this is lovely and you know some of my friends like i have a mexican night say with a few lads up and then they're coming back to me you know afterwards and going oh yeah i had a me- I had a me free monday here and, and these are some of these guys oh. are like big into their steaks and all the rest of it and so they're, they're making changes and like some of them now are like having like one day a week not like a meat free day and stuff like that and and it's just brilliant you know and it's and that's what i'm saying go look you know, we're we're all on our own different journeys here. No judgment, but that's brilliant that you're doing that. So you know, and just being supportive and and you know, because they realise as well the benefits for their health and and you know, the, it's it's actually not as hard or as scary as they might have thought, and certainly as I had thought back then too. You know, so
0: that is really cool. Yeah, you, you never underestimate like that little ripple effect of just doing your own thing and people going oh he's look at him he's not dying <laughs> maybe i can do this too that's really really cool yeah january has probably helped so many people change so that's that's um a really good program to check out and you can do it any month it doesn't have to be january but we talked as well a little bit earlier about communicating the climate crisis And how important it is, as you know, engineers or whatever your whatever your job is, to be able to talk about it and not scare people off. And I guess it's kind of similar with veganism. But we had a really lovely workshop, and your own the Climate Ambassador podcast, of course, had had a lovely episode on communicating the climate crisis. Um. have you got any kind of tips or ideas around that or what you think works I know we've done it in talks before but I'd love to like just put sprinkle a snippet of information in for listeners here
1: yeah I, I, I think the biggest one I've learned just going back to my early days of being involved with you know communicating climate change I was keen and and you know I wanted to kind of get all the facts out there and spread the good words and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and that, that is part of the jigsaw still, but uh, I've learned much more now is to take a step back and to listen, like different, there's different ways of communicating. If you're like talking to a room of people, that's going to be different to having like a one-on-one that would like the conversation that we're having, Carol, you know, um, but particularly for people who are earlier on their journeys, uh, I really are people who have different uh, views to me as well. Uh, You know, I've really learned that the most important thing is is simply actually paradoxically to listen. It's not to talk and really understand and like, not like, okay, I'm going to give them equal time. And when they show up, then I can tell them how, how they need to change their lives. No, it's listening and genuinely listening. And really, if you have that desire to communicate an issue that you're passionate about, whether it be climate change or anything else, I would say the most important thing is to listen and really understand where they're coming from. And when you do that, when you can understand better where they're coming from, then, you know, you understand better where the common ground is. And, like, listen, we we all have a lot more in common with each other than we do have as differences. Although, as humans, we tend to kind of latch on to those differences. We have so much in common. Like, even if, if you put me in the room now with Donald Trump, even, I bet I could find a lot of common ground with him. And he'd probably, I'm sure, drive me mad and I'd, you know, I'd probably have to bite my lip a lot, but I still would be able to talk to even someone like him. Find
0: something in common. No,
1: Yeah, yeah no. having said that, I think there are times in the extreme end of things, which is rare, that you have to learn as well to walk away. If someone is so far gone or so like opposing differences to you and stuff, then maybe, okay, respectfully, you know, walk away or, or change the topic if you're in a pub or something like that, you know. But I think, you know, really understanding, because often say someone who doesn't have climate change on their radar whatsoever, really, they have all these other, you know, more important issues to deal with, whether it be raising kids or trying to find a job or whatever it is. If you're having this chat with them, you know, they probably will. And if you listen and and try and understand, you'll, you'll, you'll figure out a little bit of what some of their concerns and fears might be. And so in that regard, not only listening is a good thing, but also this is something that catherine hayhoe suggested on on the podcast that we had and that's to like seek out some good stories and have a few of them in your back pocket and i did that afterwards actually there's often like the daily news is full of doom and gloom and all that kind of stuff so invariably when climate change comes up in in a a lot of our news it's not the good stuff however there are Mm -hmm. so many great things there is millions of people out there who are on the exact same page nice little book of leaves uh, but they're on the exact same page as me and you carrie you know and sometimes i forget that as well and it's good to remind ourselves of that and all you have to do is go out there and do a search and you'll find tons of good stuff going on so if you can Mm -hmm. find put one or two of them in your back pocket particularly there might be someone in your life who who you really want to you know plant a seed and get them to start in their journey perhaps a little bit So if that's the case, you probably know them already and know what their interests are and stuff like that. So, you know, if you know they're into shopping or something like that, whatever it is, you can you can find some stuff there for them. Uh, You know, a good story. And and just drop that in when the time's right. And again, not not trying to ram stuff down and and even having that like two or three, five minute conversation, particularly with people that you know and love. Is probably enough. Like, you know, don't feel you have to have a two-hour conversation of ramming everything down their throats because they'll just want to kill you, you know, and and they'll they'll write you out a will and all sorts of stuff, you know, so, you know, small doses is okay too, you know, and and maybe, I suppose, lastly, Sal, I might add, like, kind of avoid that kind of doom and gloom narrative, although I know some uh, people who, who, you know, care passionately about the environment, they feel they have to get all the, again, getting all the facts and figures out there, including how, and it is, listen, it definitely is a very, very serious issue. I don't want to downplay it. But by just coming across with the doom and gloom stuff, that will, like, people who are early in their journey, they're just going to put up the defensive walls. They're going to put their head in the sand yeah. or whatever you want to call it. And they're not going to engage. So that's not the way to do it. It's like having solutions-based uh, stories, you know, and, and helping them figure out, and I, and again, listening and asking questions. So again, maybe not necessarily giving facts, but asking questions and going, "Well, where do you think you might fit into this?" And after maybe you've told them a nice little story about you know a local community garden that's going on or whatever it might be, you know.
0: That's really good. Yeah, to have like some positive stories in your back pocket of solutions or something happening, breakthroughs or something. So that's that's really good. Thank you so much. Um, is there anything you want to share before we move on to uh, some random questions before we close off the interview? Or do you think we, we got everything?
1: I, I Maybe like there's probably a lot of people already doing stuff. But I, I guess what I'm trying to say is though is to try something if you haven't or especially if you're losing a bit of hope or you're feeling a bit guilty or, or any, or feeling a bit shameful or any of those kind of emotions, just get out there and do something. doesn't matter how small it is. Try anything almost. Uh, and, um, and you will learn from it. And I, uh, you know, if you might even get others involved with you and, you know, mm-hmm. in work or in school or whatever it might be. So just try something and, you know, it will uh, bring you a bit of confidence. Maybe you, you might learn something, but it'll definitely give you some hope, you know, and you will learn from it. So, so, yeah, so maybe just uh, sort of if there's something that's been niggling in, in your back of your mind for ages, going, I'd love to try that now. I've never grown vegetables. I'd love to see what happens if I ever if I planted a few carrot seeds or whatever it might be. You know, talk, uh, try that. Just try it. You know, yeah. uh, and just go for it, you know. And, um, and then I suppose well, the other thing, uh, like a big area that we, we look at is ego anxiety in the client of asset program so just on that end of things I'd lastly say like just just talk to somebody you know that you trust someone who you know and love and trust and and just be a bit honest with them Um, and look maybe not dump all your deepest darkest fears if it's like 10 o'clock at night and they're about to go to bed or they've had a rough day but you know when the time's right have have a chat do and continue to do that as well and that's that's for me and and I hope you do that Cara because I know other environmental friends like it's important to check in with each other as well and make sure mm-hmm. because it's it's not always easy you know being, a, being involved in all of this carry on
0: yeah so chatting to people really does help and sometimes when you're just with them and you know that they care as well you're like oh, i don't actually need to talk about yeah. it with you because yeah. we both get it and let's just sit here watch some netflix yeah eat some popcorn <laughs> have a cry <laughs> and yeah, then yeah. get back to laughing <laughs> Oh, stop. Okay, so before we let you go, I'm going to... These are questions that I just want... I'm curious and want kind of all to know from all my guests, but I haven't got enough time in the world. So you pick a letter of the alphabet. I don't know why I chose letters rather than numbers, but that's just what we do now. So what okay. is your first letter, Gary? Um,
1: I'll go C for climate, please, Karen.
0: C for climate. Oh, what's your favourite memory from a protest?
1: oh right well it'd have to be well do you know what i was gonna say i was gonna go for the obvious one and say cop 21 in paris because that was i thought i could i could talk to you all day about that whole adventure but i'm gonna talk about november the 15th before going to paris and and cycling down the keys to the dublin uh, march that was happening before just before paris what
0: year is this this is
1: 2015
0: Okay. And, oh, yeah, yeah. And
1: just before that, like for a couple of times before that, uh, being involved, being involved in or organising some of the marches as well and like, you know, five, ten people turned up, you know, and actually I remember one uh, pod, uh sorry, one march with myself and Francis McMullen and uh, Francis is down in um, uh, Clock Jordan now. But the two of us were the only two people who were at a, at a at a protest march, you know, so that was a bit disheartening. So then, in November, cycling down the keys to this marriage, and kind of going, oh jeez, like I hope you know, if you get fifty people now, that'd be amazing. That'll be delighted. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, I think the, the RTE said there was five thousand people showed up for that march. And like I honestly, I I I, could, I was well enough. I was nearly crying just rocking up to it and just seeing the mm-hmm. amount of people there and just was Not expecting that, so that that has to be, I suppose. Uh, um, that I and you know what, that was a big turning point looking back. I think in the kind of Irish psyche in my, in my bubble, anyway, I, I definitely felt from that time onwards there was more awareness generally. There was, and there's been a growing trend over that time, which has continued in the media, you know, since then. And actually, in fairness, RTE have really improved a lot over the last few months. You know, which is wel- much welcome. But yeah, that march was just incredible. That was amazing. That's all I'm going to, yeah, that, that's my memory.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, that's so lovely. Oh, oh, that's great. And another letter.
1: Uh, A for ambassador.
0: <laughs> A. <laughs> if you could drop one fact into every brain on the planet, what would it be? Oh, and they would believe it.
1: That they are enough. Oh. That, like, I wish I, had, I, I knew that when I was younger. Like I, I definitely, for different reasons, going through. You know, I, I'd feel this kind of definitely in my early kind of days with with climate change and all that, and just feeling so guilty and so inadequate and and confused and and feeling that I wasn't doing enough and all this kind of stuff, you know. And just going, no, actually, everyone out there is trying to do their best in their own ways, and that's good enough, you know. And and when you can, when you're in that, when you're in that place. Go out there with all guns blazing and, and change the whole world. Absolutely. But when you don't have that energy, take a step back as well. You know, we it's not sustainable for anybody to be front and center the whole time. So it's absolutely okay to take a chill pill and watch some Netflix and all the, all those other things. You know, we all have lives to lead, lead as well. And I think we're all better as, you know, environmentalists when we do tend to those other areas of our life as well and, and not beat ourselves up all the time.
0: Oh, that is so lovely. What a lovely thing to, if everyone would just believe. And one last letter before we go. Q. Q. Q question. What's your favourite vegetable?
1: Oh, God. Uh, many, many favourites. Uh I'd probably say the humble Spud at the end of the day, a typical patty. Oh, yes.
0: <laughs> it's so diverse. It? <laughs> it has all your amino acids. You like it. Oh, yeah. gosh. Yes. And, <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I
1: don't know. Like, you know, it, it's probably a superfood as well. Like, it's so good in so many ways. Like, it's so versatile, but it's so really good for you. And it's just like the energy and stuff like that out of it is um, second to none and yeah i just give me spuds all day and i'm a happy camper
0: (laughs) (laughs) i love it in good irish fashion Ah, we have finished our book of leaves (laughs) (laughs) with a nice humble humble uh salute to the spud Uh, thank you so much for your time gary really really appreciate it thank
1: you car it's a pleasure
0: Now I hope you guys enjoyed that and found that as wholesome as I did. I absolutely loved chatting to Gary so yeah if you're interested in the Climate Ambassador program I will leave the link for applications below and if you're listening in the future or later in the year just bookmark it for around September they always open up their applications and everything is linked. Check out their YouTube and yeah just just get involved get out there even if it's not under a climate ambassador programme, you heard, you heard Gary, but also take a break and I actually need to do this myself. I work myself into a hole and then can't. Just haven't got the energy then to do what I need to do and then I'm useful to to no one and I can't do anything so that is something that um, I definitely need to do but take a break from this podcast is not one of those things I just love this so much so yes thank you so much for listening to the end thank you for joining me here and as always and um, give us a follow on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook if you want to keep up to date There's I always share some things that I don't really talk about on the podcast you know things that I'm eating or up to outside of this and a little reminder to sign up to the climate alarm clock launch this Wednesday it'll be happening online and yours truly will be there among some amazing other environmentalists and just deadly people from all walks of life in Ireland and I really can't wait for you guys to hear that keep an eye out for the climate alarm clock on whatever podcast platform you're listening on this Friday the 8th and yeah as always, um, if you can support this podcast, I have a Patreon and a book of leaves. If you enjoy what you hear and would like and you're able to throw some financial support my way, it would be always greatly appreciated. And don't forget to always continue to show the small independent podcast out there all the love you can share, review, recommend it to a friend and I hope you have a lovely day. Wrap up warm. I'll be back in two weeks time and if you've any suggestions or requests for guests or topics that you'd like on the show just send me a message Podcast at gmail.com. Okay guys thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.